From July 1845 to September 1847, a young man named Henry David Thoreau lived in a small cabin alongside Walden Pond, just outside of Concord, Massachusetts. What emerged from his two-year and two-month lifestyle experiment in simplicity was a series of 18 personal narrative essays. The book, when published, was called Walden, or Life in the Woods. We know it today by its short name, Walden. Thoreau's treatise on simple living would mint the transcendentalist into American literary history. But tucked into Thoreau's essays, which have been scrutinized, sometimes begrudgingly, by high school students and modern-day philosophers alike, are some typically overlooked ideas. Thoreau suggests that we awaken to possibility in the morning, or some essential truth and clarity and genius about ourselves. He writes, quote, Morning is when I am awake and there is dawn in me, unquote. He goes on to say, To be awake is to be alive. But Thoreau also warns that technology, or as he calls them, inventions, can interfere with this genius's awakening. A critic of the interference of modern technologies like the telegraph, Thoreau says, quote, We must learn to reawaken and keep ourselves awake, not by mechanical aids, but by an infinite expectation of dawn, unquote. Our guest today says, a lot like Thoreau, that mornings are precious and deserve to be treated as such. From the New Story Company, this is The New Story Is, a podcast that explores the stories, perceptions, and ideas that have come to shape the world today as we know it. Along the way, we speak to talented guests who are championing the new stories that may shape our collective future for the good. I'm Dave Ursillo. By external appearances, Amy Landino may not be the first person you think of when you think of Thoreau reclaiming the genius of the morning hour. She's a YouTube influencer. Her channel has over 377,000 subscribers, and her videos have almost 24 million views amongst them. For someone who's built her career on the internet and on social media, Amy today finds herself helping her viewers, her clients, and her readers start every day on their own terms, without needing to be a morning person to do it. Amy Landino is a best-selling author, a keynote speaker, and a productive lifestyle coach. Her award-winning YouTube series, Amy TV, inspires women worldwide to chase their own financial freedom and go after the life that they want. Her work has been featured in publications such as Business Insider, Fortune, Entrepreneur, and Inc. She joins us to talk about her book, Good Morning, Good Life, Five Simple Habits to Master Your Mornings and Upgrade Your Life. We recorded our conversation in May 2020. Amy will kick it off by reading an excerpt from her book. So without further ado, take it away, Amy. When was the last time you thought, that's interesting, about something? It's not the same as seeing someone's milestone moment on Instagram and feeling like you wish you were enjoying the same victory. That's called highlight reel envy, not discovering your passion. Whenever this happens, the appropriate response tends to be, ugh, why not me? We want things all the time. Wanting something is not necessarily having a passion. Wanting something you haven't explored beyond an interest or deeper than a passive social media scroll isn't enough to motivate you. That's not a sustainable passion. When you're genuinely interested in something, you're curious to know more. You need to know more. 
and you will go out of your way to find out more. You accumulate information in your head about this thing that is making your wheels turn better than they ever have, whether it's still a bit of a mystery to you or it's completely natural. You keep connecting the dots with all this information in your head. You are interested without limitation. This is the path to discovering your passion. This takes time. Where are you going to find time? Funny you should ask. The clarity and mindfulness that you can find for yourself in the morning is your best opportunity to get a better understanding of who you are and what you truly want. That's why even if you're not 100% sure about your vision and the thing you're passionate about yet, your morning routine is still instrumental in giving you the space to explore it. Regardless of whether you're clear on your passion or you're still trying to figure it out, you'll need one critical piece of information to help you find the motivation to get up and focus on your dreams every day. And that is a very good reason. Amy Landino, welcome to The New Story Is. Thank you so much for joining us. Dave, I'm so excited to be on. Thank you for having me. So Amy, in the excerpt that you read for us, you kind of start to distinguish for us as the, the, in this case, the listeners, but or the readers of your new book, by distinguishing, like highlight real envy that somebody may feel when they're logging into Instagram or they're on social media as being really different from discovering what you want most out of life. Or in other words, like following your passion in the terms that we usually describe in our society and culture as being like an ideal, like following your passion to have a career, to be, to feel meaning and purpose and significance both in career and in life. And so my first question for you is, why are these inner resources that you describe in the in that excerpt, like curiosity and desire, so important to you for helping people to accomplish what they want in their lives? Why is How is that like a missing link that we overlook when we're scrolling on Instagram and thinking that everybody else is like crushing it? I, I love this question because it's so easy to lose sight of what we're paying attention to. We're all on this grand search for the thing, right? The thing that's going to kind of hold our lives together and keep us focused on the positive and the exciting and the opportunity. But as we're constantly searching, we're using our eyes to do that on the things that we see around us the most often. And it's no secret how much a smartphone is a part of our lives and how social media has in turn because such a become such a big part of our lives. Mm -hmm. And it isn't anything against social media. If not for social and digital, I don't know where I would be today. I think it's an amazing opportunity, but it's just being able to look at it for what it is and not that it defines you. Being able to know what you want is being able to see that in yourself and not looking for it on some feed somewhere. And it's really easy to get lost in that and not being in tune with who you are, what you really stand for, what you want to do. It You forget because you see so many other things online, absolutely anything you can think of. Somebody's making it look fabulous on Instagram. And you just think, okay, I could do that. If they can do that, I can do that. And then you start to think you want something you don't necessarily realize what you're signing up for and that it's actually not totally ingrained in you. So I think um, what I'm most passionate about is how 
we can remind people of their own thoughts and ideas and passions without looking for approval. Because in all actuality, it's not just get off social media, guys. That's the easy thing to say. But the time that you're spending searching for what's right for you, you're actually looking outward because you think that's the permission you need for the thing that you want. And so rather than having a real conversation with you about what that is and where your true desires lie and what you're passionate about, um, you're looking for that permission and, and you don't need that permission from anyone else from, than yourself. Absolutely. I love how you put that, Amy, because there's a few key ideas that I think are really fundamental to not only what come up in your book, but also like some of the, I would say like straw man arguments or the aspects of conversation that are happening in our culture around like why things go wrong for people or where society is going wrong with regard to, like you said, like social media can be, it, it can both be great. Um, you have built a, an incredible like platform and multiple businesses off the back of um, uh, many things, but especially like YouTube and vlogging, which we'll get into. But it's not so much like getting off of social media is the key to helping you find success necessarily. What I hear you describing is the important thing is not, it's like the order in which we're engaging with anything in the world. And what I hear you describing, Amy, is that engaging first with yourself, like finding yourself, getting in tune with your ideas, paying attention to your voice, your curiosity, your desire, that has to be the motivating force. But our, as visual creatures who have these phones in our hands, we get we like reverse that order and we start looking for external validation or what seems to be working for other people. And then we say, okay, if that's working for that person, how do I reverse engineer like what they're doing and do it myself? And it's like, that seems based on your philosophy that you share in good morning, good life is kind of like the backwards approach that probably guarantees someone to feel indebted to others' opinions, um, mm. requiring constant validation, but also probably more importantly, you tell me, uh, probably more importantly, creating more dissonance and disconnect from one's own self than like authentic connection to their desires. Yeah, I think that's it, it, everything that you said is accurate. And, and the biggest thing there is that we forget that focus um, doesn't mean, you know, a billion things. It doesn't mean all of the things. It doesn't mean every, everything that we see. And so when you lose focus and you pay too much attention to everything else that's going on, you do forget what's really important to you. So I think that's the main issue is that we've only, we're only able to focus on so many things at one time. And if we really know what we want and we stay, on, on, you know, on our path with that thing and we really focus on it, we're not talking about considering all of these other options. And it's very difficult to think that way these days because our media outlets and, and our, the people around us and everything that's going on does not accommodate for that. In mm -hmm. fact, it, it might even seem like you're too rigid or too set in your ways if you happen to tell someone, no, I don't have time for that. Or no, I'm really focused on this thing. Or no, I'm not going to go out because I have to focus on writing my book or whatever the case may be. We don't really have an accommodating society for that. I think it's coming a long way in that sense. But focus is, is the thing, right? We don't have many priorities. We have a priority. 
there is a priority, you know, who mm. pluraled that word. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's that. And we get confused and we see a lot of beautiful things and we want all the beautiful things, but there's really that, that centered place for you that you need to find that the rest of the world can't tell you. And grasping onto that focus is important. What I heard you describe is that while we might say that we have or believe that we have multiple priorities, you can only really have a priority, a single one at one given time, because we can only act thoroughly and thoughtfully in one direction. And that kind of ties into uh, the book itself. So your book is obviously called Good Morning, Good Life, Five Simple Habits to Master Your Mornings and Upgrade Your Life. But you make it known in the opening pages, Amy, that this is not a book about becoming a morning person, which has kind mm -hmm. of become a very familiar trope and a lot of like life hacking, schedule hacking, time hacking um, circles in the, the modern, like modern pop culture. Um, so tell me, what's the difference between prioritizing mornings as you recommend in the book versus like waking up early? Like, how do you see the, the difference between the two? Well, the really fun thing is you don't have to wake up early if you don't want to, or if your life <laughs> accommodates that. I think that's the biggest thing is, is and as a YouTuber, this has been um, a continuing theme across the board. Pretty much any channel you find on YouTube, you can watch somebody's morning routine or you can watch all the successful people in the world's morning routine. And they're all going to have, you know, similar themes. But the biggest thing that I've noticed is simply being able to start the day on your terms is very powerful. So you may not wake up early because you work a night shift and your morning may after may actually be in the afternoon. That's okay. It's about starting the day on your terms. The reason you don't have to be a morning person is I'm not a morning person. So I can speak from that experience. I just know that if I wake up and the first thing I do is try to be accountable to the rest of the world, even if it's something so minor feeling like turning over to your nightstand, picking up your phone and checking the likes that you got on Instagram, or if anybody commented on your Facebook or whatever, that's out, that's outside accountability, period. Even if you're doing it because you enjoy it, even if you did it because you posted it or you have an online brand. I have a massive online brand on all kinds of different platforms and there's people paying attention, but it doesn't mean that they need my attention first thing. So that's one example. Another one I think is difficult for parents, right? Because typically you've got little ones or larger than little ones asking for your attention first thing in the morning and not being able to have just 5, 10, 15 minutes to just get your brain working on an optimal level for how you need to proceed in the first hour or two of your day. You don't get it all the time. But usually what I've found is it's not about waking up stupid early. It's about waking up at the point at which you can just steal a few moments for yourself. And soon it wouldn't be stealing anymore. It would be that you deserve that time, that you own that time, that you actually decide that time. And um, I'm not a parent, so I really walk around that delicately, but I do feel like that is a significant portion of the population that has a hard time with this because you get so used to outside accountability because those people live with you that you forget that you still are the master of that time. And in fact, you 
depending on what season of life all of you are in, you can teach the people around you what it looks like to start the day on your terms. And that actually might be a really powerful lesson as a parent, regardless of all those things, whatever your circumstances, whatever your excuses, I wake up late because of this, I, I can't wake up early because of that. It usually comes down to the fact that you're not clear on that priority. And therefore, that priority can't even get you going in the morning. For me, my morning routine is giving myself grace for 30 minutes because I can't think straight when I first roll out of bed. I got to wash my face. I want to drink some lemon water. I just want to mobilize my body so that I know it works okay. And then I kind of get to a couple of things that make me feel like I'm starting the day on my terms morning pages, a couple of other steps. In total, that ends up being an hour. And because I make myself do that first, I'm so excited, even more excited for what's to come after that. And it's usually not social media checking, but it might be writing a blog post. It might be writing my next podcast or my next video or the thing that gets me going every day, my purpose, my mission in everything that I do. So to me, it's not about waking up early. It's not about being a morning person. It's just saying when I wake up, because if you're listening to this podcast, you woke up this morning and I'm praying so hard that that happens again for you tomorrow. And when you do, you can start the day on your terms. That's what the basis of the book is about. It's not about having the perfect routine. It's about finding yours and starting on your terms. It really sounds like you, you've you become an evangelist, Amy, for self-something, like self-hood, self-knowledge, self-awareness, self-reliance, or just like honoring yourself yeah. first thing in the morning Almost, I mean, to me, I'm gonna. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like a, it's like a spiritual and philo- philosophical ritual of like honoring yourself, making a little bit of time for yourself, giving yourself some time and space to reconnect to, to like reconnect after sleep in the morning, which is you know symbolic of like a new, a whole new life in a day, and reconnecting to like what you want, need, desire, or decide. In a given day, which is a it's a pretty profound thing to me, and, a, and very different from hey, wake up early because the earlier you wake up, the more stuff you can do. It's right. a really big difference. Yeah, it's not about doing more stuff again because it's like if we're prioritizing, we're really focused. And if there's anything, <laughs> I am I am the calendar blocking queen. I will pack so much into my day because I know I'm capable of it. Mm-hmm. And probably my favorite thing that. I've become more wise on is that I don't have to do everything and that I can take time and space for myself. And so I think that the self dash is that acceptance, right? It's self acceptance of truly who you are. I mean, there is definitely a moment you can have, let's say you're having an argument with somebody and you say to them, listen, this is not me. I don't want to be this way. I'm going to step back from this. We can always do that. But again, that's external accountability. If you really are who you are, it's about what you do when no one's watching. And that's what I feel my morning routine does for me because I am doing the things that are truly filling my cup I hate to use all these like cliches, but like it really is so that it's so that I can just say like, nope, that is my center. I know, I know what I stand for. I know what I'm doing. I know why I think this way. And not only that, I can show up in this way just for me and not have to prove it to the rest of the world, even though I wrote a book about it. So I guess what does that say? But it's, (laughs) it's about me. 
this morning. If it's five minutes, if it's 15, if it's an hour, I like to get an hour, you know, because I have the ability to control my schedule in that way. But that's what it comes down to is not only do I accept myself, I'm not afraid to be with myself. I'm not afraid to think like myself and I'm not going to let everyone else control that at the, at the most vulnerable part of how I start this day. Right. I, I like you, Amy, have also like I've been I've become my own form of like a block scheduling queen in my own right, because <laughs> I've I've found that I lately, like in the last six months, especially I used to be very free flowing with my calendar because I could afford to do it. But as time gets more constrained, and you take on more responsibilities, whether you know, for the parents, they'll be able to tell you and me more who aren't parents, then we can tell them. But as your schedule gets more constrained, as time becomes more limited, it becomes more important that you're deliberate in the choices that you make. They become more powerful, not less powerful is something that I've learned. For me, I've, I try to hold time on my calendar every weekday up until like 11 or 1130 in the morning. Usually sometimes I'll go a little bit earlier and start scheduling things. But for me, it's like multiple hours a day are required for me to do all the things that help me get to myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, a moment ago, uh, to to take a step back, I only have a few questions more uh, while with the time that we have, Amy, but I said in that last question that I asked you that you seem to be becoming uh, like a a teacher of of self-acceptance and self-honoring. The reason that I can say that is because you and I go back quite a ways as being peers and, and friends in the online space. So for those who who don't know, because why would you know, but Amy and I first connected back in probably like 2009 and 2010, and we struck up a friendship as seemed for me to be really easy at the time with people who were on a similar path. And uh, Amy's backstory, maybe you can tell us briefly, Amy, but I know you had, I think, dropped out of college. And that was also during the Great Recession, which is the time that I kind of was cutting my teeth too. Mm-hmm. And you started managing social media. And now, fast forward a number of years, you re- you've referenced your your social media presence. Um, I just checked just to, to make sure my numbers are right. But you currently have on Amy TV, your YouTube channel, over 377,000 subscribers. And your videos collectively have, uh, I think, almost 24 million views amongst them. That's a pretty remarkable trajectory. And I'm curious about how how you've noticed your own story evolving over, I mean, it's been effectively 10 plus years now for you. But for someone who has been so involved in like the advent and the evolution of social media, it strikes me as not being coincidental that someone who has a really pronounced platform and like the things that social media managers and marketers all say is like the ideal goal that here you are these years later, having walked, I'm sure your own form of uh, almost like a crucible, if you will, um, to go from being an upstart social media manager and video content creator to now being an advocate and an evangelist for prioritizing time mornings and yourself as being keys to success. Am I oversimplifying that, um, that journey and trajectory or, or are there connections there with like the path that you've walked and being able to see like now what is maybe most important about shaping the direction of your life? I don't, I don't know that it's oversimplifying. I actually find it to be so complicated. So I think you did a really good job of explaining it. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I, everything you said is accurate. And, uh, you know, it's just, 
the social media manager thing, it was like, I, I stumbled upon that. I didn't even know it was a career. I was living in the Midwest, you know, the West coast and the East coast were pretty aware of the digital revolution at that point in time. But I was not, all I knew was that I fell in love with a platform called YouTube in 2008 and 2009. And by creating silly videos about going to Target and walking my dog, I was actually learning how to tell a story and market a platform. And so ultimately, those kind of spiraled into each other. And that's about the time that we met. And what's, I think, come to a head is that the entrepreneurship thing has not gone away yet, right? Like the fad that everybody said it was at that time, it has not faded yet. Self-employment is is even more popular, I think, now than it ever has been and even more possible now because of the social acceptedness of being um, a personality and leveraging who you are to you know, proceed through a mission. So with all that in consideration, I think all of these things have come together because it's hard to work for yourself. It is very difficult. It is risky. And there's a lot of work, a lot of work that is involved. And most of it, you're not good at. You're good at a couple things. And that's kind of why the thing can take off. But everything else you've got to learn. And like you said, got to cut your teeth. And it's really uh, a, a huge learner's curve. And at that point in time, Dropped out of college to stay at my full-time job. It had nothing to do with the social media world at that point. But I, but I already had the job in a world where the recession was happening and nobody was graduating and getting a job. I already had the dream job for the, for the degree I was going for. So it didn't make any sense for me to finish. And luckily I didn't because it, it had nothing to do with what I'm now doing today. But overall, that time where I'm taking so much risk, I'm leaving college, then I'm leaving my cushy job with my 401k. I'm starting a social media business in Ohio in 2010. And no one knows what the heck I'm talking about. Like it, all of those things, you learn a lot about, I, I don't always believe in going with your gut, but I do think your gut tells you a lot um, that you should at least be listening to and taking into consideration. And when you're doing that and you're working so hard and you have to hustle for your own money and pay your own taxes and buy your own pencils and all this stuff, you learn a lot about how much time you actually have. In addition to all of this coming to a head, my little brother passed away in 2018. And that was a significant reminder, if not the worst case study personally of all time about what I'm teaching, about valuing your time. And so I think life takes you on a trajectory and here we are. And um, I think I'm, I, I'm, I use the fact that I've learned a lot and I can teach something and I, I still enjoy teaching it and people still enjoy learning about it. And still people still need to hear the same things every day. I get the comment a lot from sort of like YouTube trolls because that's just the nature of the business that I talk about the same things all the time. And I'm like, yeah, you're damn right. I do. I'm an expert. Mm. I'm an expert. And I have to talk about the same things all the time because you still rolled over to check your phone this morning. So that's okay. Cause we all have to recover from our mistakes. 
but you've been hanging out with me for a while, so you probably know that's not a good thing to do, and you're not better off today because you were too busy checking what everybody else's most fabulously photographed moment was instead of focusing on your priority. So it's only become more important to me as a mission and everything seems to be tied into it. Absolutely everything is tied into how you use your time and how much you care about yourself enough to give yourself time. So yeah, it's been a really interesting ride and social media has been a really great platform to help me share it. Thank you for listening to this episode of The New Story Is. We hope you enjoyed what you heard today. You can always find us at thenewstory.is, including our full back catalog of interviews from throughout the year. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, especially to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It goes a long way in helping us find and share our work with new listeners. Until soon, dear listener, keep storying on. We'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.